What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today, I'm sitting with Matt Buder Shapiro. He is the co-founder and CMO at MedPilot. We get into really his journey, how he came up with the idea with his co-founders while he's taking the train between New York and DC and their evolution as a company from them starting off as young and hungry with not a lot of money to building up a little bit bigger to getting a lot of earned media to then now building out a content strategy. Uh, really, really inspiring story for anybody who is looking at founding their own company. This is in the B2B space and you know, very, very niche with regards to it's all in healthcare. I think you'll enjoy it though, especially if you are looking at founding your own company or you have the wheels turning right now yourself. This could be a great episode for you to check out. But before we get into that, I do have to say, look, this show is brought to you by Cave Social. That is our marketing agency. So we help companies grow online. We help them create content for social media, run their paid ads, really helping companies tell their story through social media. We're passionate about it, and we hope we can help more businesses this year and next and, and beyond. But if you're having any trouble or you're looking to change it up with social media, head over to cavesocial.com, hit that contact us, and we will reach out. All right, sit back. Relax and enjoy the episode. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Today, joining me on the show is founder and chief marketing officer at MedPilot Inc., and that is Matt Buter Shapiro. Matt, how you doing? I'm really good. Thanks so much for having me. Ah, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. So tell me, man, before we get into marketing, leadership, all that good stuff, walk me through you know, your journey and how you got to come up with the idea of starting MedPilot. Yeah, give me, give me that whole backstory. Sure. I've always uh, loved the idea of marketing and, and loved the idea of entrepreneurship in the most practical sense. That, that journey really began in college. I, I studied public communication and advertising and uh, my first internship that I got was at a local firm in Cleveland called Brand Muscle, and it was an incredible experience. They build marketing campaigns for local small dealers, and since then have blown up and become a huge company and private equity backed. But I got to work there when there was like 50 or so people and spent a lot of time with the CEO, uh, Philip Alexander, who really became a close mentor of mine. And it was just an incredible experience, and it, it made me like really want to focus in on marketing I went back to school and I uh, only wanted to take marketing classes and picked up as many internships as I could and was really, really lucky to land a full-time position at Digitas in Madison Avenue. And uh, it was exciting. At the time, I was really deep into Mad Men. And I really wanted to be Don Draper, minus all the addictions. And I you know, was just excited. And it was a really, really fun experience. Got to play with some massive multi-million dollar budgets uh, while I was at Digitas. And from there, I, I took it into uh, a field, uh, not that I didn't like what I was working on at Digitas, but one that I liked a little bit more, which was politics. And it was a firm called Bully Pulpit Interactive. And there I got to hone a lot of my media experience in politics. And I ran media campaigns for Elizabeth Warren and Governor Cuomo and Mayor Rahm Emanuel and some large corporate clients as well. And it was an incredible experience. I, I ran the New York media team there and it was kind of a dream job, to be honest, until uh, killing time on the train back and forth from DC and New York. I started brainstorming a concept called you know, MedPilot. To be clear, the, besides the name, a lot of what we originally intended has, has pivoted many times over, but it was an incredible experience. My co-founders, 
Jacob Myers and, and Nate Spoden came from the worlds of revenue cycle management, which is a fancy way of saying the financial side of healthcare. And you know, they saw billions of dollars being wasted through poor communication to patients, both negatively impacting the patient and the healthcare provider through all this waste. And so we built a CRM platform to better engage with patients, help them through their financial experience, and hopefully also streamline a lot of the inefficiencies that happen on the healthcare provider side. We've been doing it now for a little over five years. We moved our company from New York to Cleveland a couple of years back and really exploded in growth. We have close to 50 employees now. Uh, we've raised a few rounds of fundraising, got over a million patients on our platform, and it's really been an incredible experience that obviously we've had a lot of uh, roller coaster experiences along the way, but uh, we're very thankful to be where we are today. So walk me through that first year. How did that look? You have two co-founders alongside you. And did you all jump head first in and, you know, build out an MVP? Did, were you doing this as a side hustle? What did that look like to get it off the ground? Yeah. And that's, that, that touches on the first of many mistakes we made. Uh, we definitely did not fully understand the concept of the MVP, which anyone that doesn't know is minimum viable product. The whole idea is get something into the market, try it out let the audience react to it and you can further optimize and refine it. Uh, we spent a lot of time in that first year kind of heads down in the quote lab, trying to build something that uh, to date <laughs> is so different from what we actually ended up using. It was a good learning experience. Don't invest too much without really getting the audience to react. From there, thankfully we were more year two able to get a, a very limited MVP in the market with an incredible urgent care chain that was willing to take a chance on a couple of young entrepreneurs that uh, were really faking it till we made it. And uh, we're very fortunate for that help. And we were able to build a nice company around it. Obviously, as the CMO, you know, my responsibilities have always been building the brand, working on the patient engagement side as well of the company. But as a founder, you're doing everything from mopping the floors to, to raising the money. And it was very, very, very heavy sales, uh, very little marketing uh, day one. Uh, and since then, we've been able to build up a, a little bit more of a marketing engine. That's what I want to touch on next is when, you know, in those early stages of a startup, sales and marketing are really a blended effort, especially with something like this. I'm assuming you guys leaned heavily on like account-based marketing. You kind of, was there anything you did to refine your list of targets or how did that look? How did you, when you sat down and said, okay, here, you know, how did you make your potential customer list? What was that like? It was not as strategic as it should have been. I think the beginning was very much who do we know? Who have we met at bars? Who do our families know? And really just working every connection we possibly had. Thankfully, Jake and Nate both come from healthcare backgrounds, so they had a good Rolodex. And I like to talk to everyone. I, I Between the three of us, we were able to wrangle enough, at least initial customers to, to kind of get something going. I think really where the next step was seeing what customers were working and what weren't. And really just like figuring out on the fly, there were customers that we realized were too small to be efficient. There were customers that were you know, in, in areas that were not really perfect for what we were building. And then there were just the customers that are difficult to work with. And you were like, yeah, maybe we should look out for that next time. So I think you know, a lot of it was definitely, we're a startup, we'll take whatever we could get at the beginning and we'll make it work. And then from there, as we you know, evolved our process, it was trying to build a checklist of, okay, now that we you know, can be a little bit choosier and we have more people that are kind of incoming, what does that list look like? And what are those characteristics? And, you know, ideally, you know, we're not going to hit them all, but hopefully we can hit a majority and at least work backwards from the ones that we know are deal breakers. And so, especially for marketing, uh, you know, my job and our goal was to just make that funnel, that total population of possibilities as large as humanly possible. And then, and then to work through those and 
and be able to refine it. But you know, step one is making sure you can be choosy, which is making sure there are a lot of options out there. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting when you're you're first starting out and you touched on something that I think, you know, I've been there and a lot of other founders that I've spoken with have been there is you deal with the uh, high paying, high headache clients for probably a little too long and longer than you should. And I actually have this matrix where I'm like, I've never showed my clients this, but I have a matrix where I draw <laughs> out and I go, it's low paying, low headache, you know, high paying, high headache. And obviously you want the high paying, low headache clients. Those are the clients. Those are your dream clients. You try to replicate those. But I like the low paying, low headache too. And I realized that anything that was a headache was just really the dollar amount started not to matter, right? Where I was like, these people are assholes. Like I have to get out of this. <laughs> um, so it's interesting to hear you, you know, bring that up because I, I'm right there with you and I agree. And then as you kind of grow, because you need that money, but as you grow, you learn and you start to build out, you know, your your perfect customer persona, for lack of a better term. Absolutely. And the, the whole phrase, beggars can't be choosers, is true in startup life. And so all you can do is position yourself so you don't need to be begging and so you have opportunities. And from there, you can choose more. And, you know, for us, it's, it's not just on our side. I mean, there are customers that are just not a good fit for, or that we're not a good fit for them. And, and so it has to work for both sides. And, you know, we are very much in a relationship business. We are very close with all of our customers. We're a B2B company. You know, we partner with healthcare providers and revenue cycle management companies, and they're large contracts. And so there's a lot that, you know, we are willing to do for customers and that we want to do for customers, but also it needs to work for both sides. Totally. And that, yeah, and that's exactly it. It's got to work for both sides. I think that's so important. Now, as you evolved, right, and you started to get your legs under you, you started to move. Talk to me about that transition from being heavy sales to moving more to marketing um, and putting some more emphasis on that. How did that take shape? Was that sponsoring events? Was that sticking with the account-based model? Was that getting into content? Where did you go? It's a great question. It's one that I thought a lot about because uh, money companies obviously start in a similar situation that we did, which is you want to do as much marketing as you can. You also have no money uh, or very little money. And so, you know, Super Bowl ads are kind of, you know, not part of the conversation. And so you have to figure out ways to, to build up a brand for as little money as possible. And for us, we really, really focused on PR. And it's funny because, you know, a lot of the skills I, I built on, you know, quote, Madison Avenue involved being able to execute, you know, with lots of money. And when you don't have lots of money, all those contacts I used to have that were down to pick up my calls, they don't really want to talk to you. And you're like, I have $5 in my, in my bank account. So <laughs> the people that we learned that, that would answer our calls and that would show our story we're really on you know, building up the earned media and the PR and making sure that we had a good enough story that both sides could win and they could make sure that their readers were happy and excited and interested and that we were able to get our names out there. And so we really pounded the pavement. And for me, you know, similar process to sales, a little bit of spray and pray at the beginning and then, you know, targeting and refining that strategy. And we were very fortunate, you know, thankfully we had two things going for us at the beginning and then eventually more, but originally, you know, being a startup and being one that was growing very quickly, we were able to pick up press because, you know, that's a story people like to hear. On top of that, our overall concept of trying to help patients and healthcare providers, and even in a market where every single person is touched by it, I mean, everyone is a patient at some point, 
probably already has been. And so this is an experience we all know very, very well, and we're all very interested in and want it to be better, uh, both sides. And so those two factors made it very easy for us, uh, all things considered, to you know get our voices out there. And on top of that, the next stage was really when we moved our company to Cleveland, we got a slew of press because we're a boomerang story. Two of the founders, myself and Nate Spoden, are both from Cleveland originally. We're bringing our company back home and we were excited about it. We were looking to grow in Cleveland. And so that was able to also, you know, really drive a lot of our press and our brand. And from there, you know, once you have a big brand, at least from a PR standpoint, you can get other stuff that runs off that. You can get speaking engagements, you can get, you know, on TV, on podcasts, on radio, and and, and all types sorts of things. It's not just articles. And you can build that thought leadership which is so critical when you have a heavy B2B sale, really marketing's job is to make it as easy as possible and to be that strong brand that gives the clients or prospective clients, you know, a feeling of uh, certainness that you can deliver for them. And so thought leadership, content marketing, PR, all of those things kind of go into that building that brand. That's really what our focus is. And conveniently, it also, you know, costs little to no money. So uh, yeah. it's a win-win. That's awesome. And yeah, you, you nail on the head there, right? Where especially in that early stage that that PR and a lot of that earned media can act as sales cover and will help you when you're in, you know, for lack of a better term, that hand to hand combat, you, you have that cover at least of like when people have, they've seen it, they've read about you in a Forbes or an Inc or assuming there's a specific publication, you know, or publications in the healthcare field that people check out. And it's like, Oh, that familiarity. So then when I meet, you know, a Matt at an event, you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You're, I've seen your company before and it's the lights start to go off. So that totally is underestimated. I think a lot of people think that they can just throw money at things and we'll just do Google pay-per-click and that's what we'll do and we'll get that. But the problem is, is the minute you stop paying Google, the, those leads are going to stop coming in really quickly. So I do love switching over to more of that earned, <laughs> that's earned for sure. effort to again. And especially on that for, and I, I love SEM and I obviously do digital marketing. Those cost per clicks will get a lot cheaper when that's not the first time they've seen your name. And, you know, I'm in no way ever saying like, no, like once you have money, don't spend it. Obviously, if you don't have money, you have to do what you got to do. When you do it, all, I'm all for picking off active hand raisers, but that will become so much easier once that's not the first time they've seen your name and, and it will be a, a truly more effective process and, and multiple touch points is always the way to go when closing a deal. Completely. So now I want to get to this next phase, right? with where you're at, you guys have moved back to Cleveland, you're growing. How many marketers now or people that fall kind of under your wheelhouse or on the team? We've had kind of hodgepodge group, full-time, part-time consultants based on kind of where we are and what we're attacking, but always in the three to five range. We've always had a pretty small team on the marketing side and a lot of it's bled over into the sales team as well. You know, very small approach. We, as we mentioned, because of like the size of our contracts and what we're delivering, a lot of the resources are really on the client side. And so the, the side of bringing people into the table is it's lean and it's mean. And you know, it, it really involves people that are down to roll up their sleeves and do everything from you know, dialing and making phone calls to also you know, making sure that that content strategy and everything is, is executed efficiently. Now, right, the five years in, five and a half years in, what does marketing, what do you guys emphasize on now? Is it still PR and earned media? Have you switched more to creating content? What does that look like? Yeah, no, it, it's we've never taken our foot off the gas on the PR side. And thankfully that continually grows and snowballs as you get bigger. And, you know, while we were originally 
in every single blog you could possibly be that probably no one besides my mom read. Now we are able to get a little bit higher quality content and make sure that we're in the right places that, you know, really add credibility. And I would say probably fewer PR pieces, if anything, than when we started, but way higher quality to make sure that we have the brand credibility. But with that being said, you know, now that we have more resources and more experience, that's now just one pillar of our strategy. And you nailed the second one. I mean, content is, is key. It's part of the thought leadership. It's part of building the brand. And so that's seen through blogs, that's seen through email marketing, really making sure that we are further, further building up our brand. And then the last piece of it is the digital media side. We've still never done a huge push on search engine marketing and, and Facebook marketing and stuff. It's just, it hasn't been as effective in our industry. We'll always maintain a baseline, but really where our resources are, are on the content building and, and on the PR side and the brand building. Makes sense. Something we see too in a lot of B2B spaces, especially on higher price point products and things that are a larger sales you know, cycle and timeline is really shifting to more deep educational posts because people are already at, they're going to start doing the researching and they're really going to want to make sure that they're making the right choice. Because a lot of times that CIO or CTO who was maybe making that decision or that marketing officer, that executive, you know, a lot of their career and their position is going to depend on them making the right calls. So they're going to put that time and effort in. So I think that that's so important, like you said, is to really look at how do you create that content? How do you inform people? How do you do that? Whether it's via email, earned media, or through your own blog and your own media. So right there with you. Now, Matt, before I let you go, let people know where they can find out more about MedPilot and connect with you online. I'm very easy to reach. Matt at MedPilot.com. Definitely shoot me an email. I think my favorite part, uh, personally speaking, about being an entrepreneur is meeting new people, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're an investor, whether you're someone that wants to just be a general partner like I, or just chat. I love it. I love meeting new people. It hasn't just been satisfying personally, but it's also been good for business. And so I think that I want to return the favor as much as humanly possible and talk to everyone. And I think that, you know, from a company standpoint, reach out to me through my email, reach out to us through LinkedIn. That's our main social platform or just check out our website, www.medpilot.com. And you can leave us a note there. We are super excited about collaborating. We're all for networking, not just individually, but as a company, we do a lot of co-marketing and partnerships and we're all for it. So love to speak more. Beautiful. And I will put links to all of that in the show notes so you guys can go and connect with Matt and learn more about MedPilot. Make sure you give them a follow on LinkedIn. Matt, thanks again for coming on today. I appreciate it. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everybody. That's it for the episode. I'll catch you next time.